0: Content warnings for this episode include mental health, misgendering, racism, childhood trauma, and dysphoria. Genderful would like to acknowledge the Indigenous peoples and unceded lands that the producers, hosts, and guests live and have dwelt upon. Today, we honor the Coast Salish,
1: La Gran Chichimeca.
0: We honor the elders, the human, plant, and animal ancestors of these lands, and celebrate the living descendants of these peoples may all beings tend these lands for the goodness of the next seven generations and beyond. Miyadi folks, welcome to Genderful, a talk show interviewing gender diverse folks about their special interests.
2: The name of our show celebrates that gender expansiveness is wonderful.
0: Hi, I'm Gender Master and my pronouns are they them.
2: Hi, I'm Atlas of Phoenix and my pronouns are also they them focus of our show is to interview trans, non-binary, agender, and gender-diverse people regarding their special interests, passion projects,
0: and resources for the gender-diverse community. We want our audience to know that this show is hosted by two folks who also identify as non-binary, transmasculine, neurodivergent, and disabled with a passion for telling trans stories.
2: We invite you to remember that we are whole people with robust lives, friendships, challenges, and successes. We love and are loved, and we are delighted to share these stories with you.
0: As always, we kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of their identities. Your identities can change over time and are valid every step of the way. And if you think you're gender diverse, you are gender diverse. There are no social or medical prerequisites to be included in the community. Welcome to Genderful episode 81. Oh my goodness. This week our guest, Aquarius Funk, they them pronounce, is chatting with us about performance art and creative expression. Aquarius has been a friend of mine for a little while, and I'm so delighted to welcome them to Genderful. Welcome in, Aquarius.
1: We're here. I'm excited. We're here. We're queer. We do not have Any uh, lipstick on my teeth. Do I? No.
0: <laughs> you look good. You look good. <laughs> I see a lot of a lot of shades of blue happening right now.
1: I'm doing a lot of blue in my makeup lately. Is that going with? Is
0: there there a deep reason for that?
1: I don't know. I just it it started happening, and I've I've just went with it. I always do a lot of like silver, but I've been uh, and yeah, but so often lately, it's just been a lot of blue. So
0: so awesome! You look incredible as always.
1: Thank
0: you. <laughs> you guys have such style. I'm always like, wow, Aquarius, is so stylish.
3: <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Um, oh my gosh. Well, I like to ask people who I know have cats. How are your cats?
1: My cats are good. They were running around in the studio here a little while ago and now they've, I don't know, made their way elsewhere. So I don't see a single one right now. <laughs> yeah this had to be a part of the the setup
0: yeah (laughs) they were they were like the the setup pretty sure
1: yep no one's here right now there was one on the table right behind my computer but it's gone now so maybe it'll be back later likely
0: little feisty little beings those cats gosh (laughs) I just love cats so much they're so funny um Okay, so I'm going to ask you one of the questions that I like to ask all of my guests. Maybe I'll put it in a little Zoom chat so that you can see it in your brain at the same time. Um, What are some things that you can trace back to your youth that indicated you might be gender diverse one day? I
3: love that question.
1: Yeah. Um, So when I look back on On my childhood, I realized so many situations where I was trying to conform to what I thought a female assigned person should be, Um, but I didn't really fit a lot of those things. Um, I was kind of constantly teased for being masculine, boyish, tomboyish. Um, having body hair, (laughs) um, and just, yeah, kind of being a bit of a free spirit, I guess, maybe for lack of a better word, um, being pretty much very different than the majority of people that I grew up with. Like I was definitely the oddball. I grew up in Maine. I grew up in a rural town in Maine. Um, Athens, Athens was where my elementary school was. I lived in the next little, not even really a town over, uh, Brighton Plantation is what it was actually called.
3: Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of wild. Yikes. Um, yeah. I,
0: Have they, but, they haven't renamed that place.
1: I guess technically, uh, uh, my understanding of why it was called a plantation is because it, it's not, it's like one step below being an actual town like it doesn't have its own uh post office doesn't have its own like I don't town structure (laughs) so anyway I grew up there very small town one of like five black people I guess six black people in the area in the media area um and I was like the weirdest one it seems i was definitely the most odd i was probably like i would i was definitely picked on a lot as a kid and Mm -hmm. growing up as a jehovah's witness was also an element of that Mm -hmm. um there's just there's so many little things that i look back on now like oh yeah that's what that was and like that's there's there was always this energy in me that felt very expressive and I didn't always have the outlets for that that really felt like encompassing of of who I felt like I was and so um I yeah I really kind of felt like I didn't belong Mm -hmm. pretty much the entirety of my childhood teenage years into my 20s even I have just felt completely like an oddball, and that I didn't fit into um, the the norms of what's expected from female assigned at birth people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting ride to like get to the point where now I don't feel like I have to perform that identity.
3: Anymore. Yeah.
0: Oh man, I've so many questions i'm so excited um <laughs> <laughs> i will i will add though if any of the questions you don't want to answer you don't have to i hope that was already clear and i will just say it explicitly so that you have that. permission to be like i don't want to talk about that right now and be like okay um
1: i will tell you if that's the
0: case yeah 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 most um, definitely i've i've never had a, a guest bring up jehovah's witness and i'm not going to yeah. spend too much time there but I am curious, um, how many other families of color did you encounter in Jehovah's Witness? Like, in my in my limited experience with that community, it seems to be pretty white. So I'm surprised to hear that that's part of your background. And I don't know. Is there more of that going on that I'm just aware of? Because I just don't have that experience. I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Um, there was not a lot of other black folks or other people of color i would say it does tend to be i think a white white dominated white primary primarily white um cult religion (laughs) um but my my mom did join the religion when i was a baby um like my 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 mom grew up in nantucket in massachusetts um, that's where my, my grandmother lived and until she passed away as well. And so that's, that's where my mom kind of found, found out about the religion. They came, you know, knocked on the door like they do. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. so I was, I was in that since I was a baby and I left when I was 14. I was in high school. Um, my experience is no, there was not a lot of black people. Um especially in my area when we would go to the larger conventions that um usually were in like portland maine or sometimes in rhode island places Mm -hmm. like that there would be more definitely a few more people of color Hmm. um but i would say it was definitely a primarily white group of
0: people yeah so there's maybe like an extra layer of feeling feeling like the odd one out because there's that piece, mm-hmm. too. Um, gosh, that's so interesting. Thank you for, for sharing about that and being willing to talk about it. That's that's cool. Um, yeah. So clearly, you've gone from being that little young person to this effervescent, wondrous, uh, gender-bent being that you are today. <laughs> living where you're living today um so my next my next question is how is your relationship to gender evolved over time how did you get from there to where you are now because clearly something happened in the middle <laughs>
1: something happens things or, happen.
0: multiple things
3: happened <laughs> yeah stuff went down yeah
1: yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i feel like that story is definitely intermingled with my creative story mm. um and it's it's something that I didn't really discover about myself until I was in my twenties. Like it wasn't really a question in my mind at all, leading up to like, oh, wait, I'm queer, and that's exciting to like realize all of a sudden, I'm just kind of like. Um, but I would say like I moved I moved out of central Maine when I was twenty. Um, I moved to Portland, Maine, and that was also where, like, my, my identity as a performer and as the person that I am now, outside of just performance, came into being. Um, I, once I was able to go out at Turn 21, I I started going to, like, different performance events, burlesque and drag and things like that, and, like, that always felt like my people, like. Mm -hmm. But when people would ask me, are you gay? I was like, no, (laughs) but like, not like a hard, no, not like, no, but like, I don't think so. But And I mean, in my, in, in all of my life leading up to that point, I had mostly had relationships with men and like some, I guess, encounters with women and like, kind of like maybe one or two queer people, um, but hadn't, had like a, a relationship with with anyone who wasn't a a cisgender man basically Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and then like i got to see when was i 20 i was like 23 i guess um when i met my current partner and like i met my partner and i was just like i'm extremely attracted to this person Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: they're not like any person that i've ever really been attracted to they're very kind of butch masculine like dandy butch um transmasculine person and that relationship and like discovering that person in my life and like having this new sort of view into queerness that they sort of opened me up to I was like oh well this makes sense now this makes sense this makes sense why I like want to do drag or like why i feel more connected to like gender nonconforming people or all of that like it just started to make sense like oh i guess yeah i'm not straight i'm not no hetero i'm mm-hmm. something else and like that has evolved over time as well like i i just identified as queer as a queer woman for a while and then like in the last four years I would say is when I started to really feel like you know what I I feel and have always sort of had this energy of like being this duality energy I guess um of kind of being a little androgynous being a little bit um you know not not conforming to the feminine rules I guess Mm um and often being seen as someone who was more masculine than I wanted to be at that time like I didn't want to be perceived as masculine because I was like it makes you know people make fun of me people mm. treat me weird they like ask me if I'm a man and It was so uncomfortable for a while and then I've started to be like you know I've, I'm past that I'm past like feeling uncomfortable about it and it's when I can make it a moment to educate someone, then I will. And if I can't, then I don't. But um, yeah, in the last four years, is I've made this transition to really letting people know, and and um, being really confident and comfortable in in my non-binary gendered performing self. I'm so glad you're here.
0: I'm so glad, I'm so glad that you became who you are, too. Right. Like, like, Same. <laughs> like, personally, it's so cool to see you, like, be this being that you are. Um, you just took a, a sip of your coffee. Would you like to tell us about the tattoos on your forearms?
1: Oh, is my that, tattoos. Is that a fun,
0: is that a fun thing to share?
1: So these, let's see if you can see, this is the best, better way to see them, I guess. Nice. How do I? <laughs> there you go. So these are. Fancy. These are Aninkra symbols. They're from Ghana. Um. Oh my God, my brain. You, I'm terrible at this. I need to like do flashcards so that I can remember all the meanings because I like. Over, I because I live in Mexico. I'm also thinking about them in Spanish sometimes, and then in English. Yeah. And so then, then I like it in
0: English is like ah.
1: my brain goes <laughs> all these different places, but um. Yeah. Multilingual very, thoughts excited about these because i feel like they're my sort of protection now yeah. um like the one ones i can all just name a few at the top this one is the wisdom knot this one is in endurance and resourcefulness mm-hmm. thinking ahead uh what is this, one? this one might be creativity i think yeah creativity i think this one is i'm, I'm getting them this one and this one mixed up i think this one is Destiny. I know that.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, I have to go over. I have to look at the paper I wrote with all of the meanings all of the oh, times yeah, to remember. It's very
0: good. Well, and you, <laughs> but, like, yeah. and, and you got one of them more recently, right? Like within the last two months or something? So you yeah. had like just one sleeve for a while. Now you got both.
1: Yeah. This one I got in October. You can see it's a little bit lighter. And then this one I just got last month. Yeah. Wonderful.
0: I think so they're I kind of I see them as like protection spells almost like
1: that's how I feel about them for sure
0: like yeah. like when I got my my Leo tattoo um I actually had an opportunity to hold the black ink in my hands like the, the container of it and I charged it with energy before it was put Ooh, in the skin
1: I like that
0: yeah maybe I need and, to do that
1: to
0: and and it was my my tattoo artist was is this like queer trans person um and it was like the super moon may bond a couple years ago when all of those things were all at the same time it was
1: oh so magical
3: it was i so love magical. that <laughs> so my tattoo like person is always a,
1: also a queer trans person <laughs> i love that i'm like really i mean there's definitely like other tattoo artists that i like their work and would maybe get a piece but i'm just really appreciative to have a queer trans tattoo artist yeah like anything you can do anything that i need i also yeah. have this one this is yeah this one which is from a basquiat painting it's like a very small character in one of his paintings you can almost like miss it maybe well it's hard to miss the little things even in his paintings but I was like, I need that character because it also sort of looks like Grace Jones to me. And so I was Hmm. like, I need that. So, yeah, yeah. my artists also did that one. And I keep getting ideas every time they tattoo me. Like, all right, (laughs) I want a neck tattoo.
3: Nice.
0: Um, So let's talk more and switch topics towards performance art and creative expression. We're already talking about creative expression, but, um, can you tell us more specifically about your work as an artist? What is your creative practice?
1: So primarily if I have to just name one thing, it's performance art, but it encompasses so many different things. So like, it's, it's fun to talk about. It's hard to talk about when it's just like a brief moment. You have to tell someone like your elevator pitch. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Um, but yeah, so my performance art, um, is very, there's kind of two sides to what I do. Um, Mm -hmm. I started in cabaret, burlesque, drag, so doing more like stage performance and doing different numbers that I've created as like either solo pieces or I've done a couple like group pieces. Um, so that's like one element that's a lot more like you know perform at pride events or clubs or things like that and it fits really well into that and I've been able to have a lot of fun and really explore like um gender expression and and creative expression that's like um you know I'll I'll do one of my favorite numbers to do is um I like to do mashups or medleys of, of different with different artists. And Prince and Grace Jones are my two favorites to perform to. Yes. So <laughs> I have this song, uh, this this performance I do where I use a Grace Jones song called I Need a Man. Mm. And then I start in like a, a dress, and in the middle of the performance, like I change into a suit. So it's kind of like a play on like I need a man, but I'll I'll be the I'll be the man that I need. And then it goes into this other song by Prince that was off one of his last albums before he died. It was like a very he did some really interesting stuff right before he died. But it's this album. Um I can't remember the name of the album. Anyway, the song is called Funk and Roll. And it's just like he he was going kind of back to rock and roll a little bit, but really, you know, Prince style so it goes into that song and then i kind of like play up the the masculine but you know prince masculine peacock masculine sort of character yeah, totally totally <laughs> so i get to have a lot of fun with that and playing with gender in a way that's like very performative and very like you know costume oriented and and kind of these small windows small pockets of time um, but very in-your-face and sighting. Um, and I also incorporate a lot of vogue into my performance work. Um, I've been voguing for quite a few years now. So that ends up as like a, an element in a lot of those performances. Um, and then so the other side of what I do is a lot more experimental. Um, I work with a lot of different performance artists that do very sort of radical experimental Kinds of work, more long term, like um not long term, um durational performance work. So something that you would watch over a period of time. Some artists I know about, you know, hours, long, long, long times, four hours, eight hours. I don't do so well with the longer times, but um basically I get to kind of play with concepts in a bit more explorative way yeah um, and it's it's an opportunity to give people a little bit different glimpse into you know the psyche of, of you know me or whoever I'm working with um, I like to do a lot of collaborative work but I also will do like video kind of produce my own video short films basically performance videos um and really like that this part this element of performance it allows me to really explore my own like deep deeply held thoughts ideas um feelings and you know come up with different different stagings and scenes and scenarios that help people to kind of really come away with something like it's very intangible that's the part mm-hmm. the thing about performance art is like it's not a painting it's not a object really sometimes you know you can incorporate mm-hmm. some level of audience participation or something people can take away with them that's a physical object but yeah it's really about you know getting people to ask questions have this discussion, um, think about something from another perspective and like really deeply think about it instead of just, you know, like a, a passing, a passing thought, I guess.
3: Yeah.
0: I think, so I just dropped your, the link to your website in the chat. Um, you have some of your performances on your website.
1: I do. I have, I have, um, a mix of everything. I have, I think, on that link, the Norby link. I have one of my like favorite performance films that I did a couple of years ago. Like, this was a a pandemic performance um, situation. I was in a workshop that um, normally they do in person workshops. This particular group and they had to kind of pivot. They wanted to try something different. And they did. They only did this one virtual workshop. Um, which I actually loved, but basically I created that video that's on my link bio link, the Norby link, um, yeah. as like the final assignment for that workshop, uh, mostly produced it myself with the exception of one scene in there. I, I needed some help because I was sort of entangled. <laughs> <laughs> you're a bit tied up at really... the time <laughs> yeah exactly I had like this whole fabric situation I wanted it to be <laughs> attached and tied to the wall so I couldn't like get in and out of it <laughs> so I needed some help um and yeah. thankfully actually a performance colleague was there um where I was I was living in Puerto Vallarta at the time I made that video um so he helped me but yeah, you can definitely see um, some of my performance videos. I believe my Vimeo is linked or you can go straight to my website and see some of the videos there for, to to my Vimeo, so from there.
0: Can you tell us more about the Interplanetary Extraordinary Manifesto?
1: <laughs> yes, this is a thing that, it, it just came to me like a download. Like, it was just like, here you go and i I do want to refresh it um actually because i wrote it a long time ago and i I, you know manifestos are meant to evolve um totally and i want to make it a little more dynamic in some different ways i've I've had some ideas you've actually given me a couple ideas so that particular Mm -hmm. manifesto you did you gave me an idea of 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 how I can make it a little more dynamic. So i yeah. to do I'm that sure it's magic. this year. Indeed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> um, let's see. The manifesto came about, like I really just was like inspired, I think, specifically by this one performance artist that I can kind of consider like my performance padre. Mm. Um his name is Guillermo Gomez Peña. He... He is the founder of a troupe called La Pocha Nostra, which is actually the troupe that did the workshop I was just talking about a ago. Um, they're amazing. I've worked with them so much, and they've been so inspirational to me since, like, moving to Mexico and really getting into performance art in a new way. Um, so the manifesto kind of came about because I'm pretty sure I had been looking at his website, Guillermo's website, and he has a manifesto. And I'm like, I don't want to have a manifesto. I
3: yeah, love that. <laughs> I
1: have a manifesto. And I had come up, I can't remember when I came up with the Interplanetary Extraordinary. And honest, actually, I found a song that it says that in, I need to, I need to find it again. Because I, I couldn't, for whatever reason, I couldn't Shazam it or something. But it's like this old like funk or disco song that says Interplanetary Extraordinary. And I'm like, all right, I need that in my repertoire now. But anyway, that came out of somewhere. I can't remember the actual story where I I came up with that. But I had it for a little bit, and then I was like, okay, I need to write a manifesto. Um, And I basically don't remember if I actually wrote it in a document first. I don't think I did. I think I actually went directly into (laughs) Canva and started laying out the pages like d- putting designs and colors and then i'm like all right this is what's going on this page this is this page and it just kind of came all in one night i think wow um
0: this whole thing in one night
1: i'm pretty sure like i might i probably went back and did some tweaks but ultimately like the whole thing got laid out uh, like the structure of it came to me all in uh, one day
0: um chat if you if you want to be clicking along and looking at it i did drop the link here um it's it's sort of like a slide deck you can click through and then it's got i'm saying this for the people listening on the podcast maybe you're driving and you can't look at it um <laughs> safely and there's many wonderful wonderful words the the layout is uh, very heavily features black white and i would say what is this green color what would you call that color
1: chartreuse
0: chartreuse yeah <laughs> Black, white, and chartreuse elements, and there are a few pictures of Aquarius doing various performance arts, and there's even, is that a GIF?
1: There's a GIF in there.
0: Fabulous mask situation.
1: I love that mask. I just pulled it out of storage the other day. I was like, yes, you still have
0: it. I have a lot of feelings about it. It's powerful and creepy at the same time.
1: Powerful and creepy. It's th- that's definitely a strong element of my aesthetic. Powerful, creepy, disarming.
3: Yes, disarming, <laughs> totally.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, yes, and I will read the warning you have here at the bottom. The site does not does contain images not suitable for viewers under the age of 18. Your discretion is advised. There's a reason I'm not putting it on the screen for us to look at together. Um it's transcendent art, my goodness. Yeah. I just, it's so fun and cool. Um I sure have wandered really far away from the questions I was supposed to be asking.
1: That's okay. (laughs) These things take a life of their own.
0: They do. Um, would you like to talk more about what kind of topics you explore in your work?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So definitely my work is very heavily influenced by um, my identity, Um, Black, American, Afrofuturist, queer, non-binary, gender non-conforming, spiritual, consider myself not necessarily affiliated with any particular belief system, but very... Uh, strongly oriented with um the power of the universe and uh, spiritual energy and um, you know, very about like liberation, very about um, you know social justice, um, civil rights, all of the things that you know us as as queer people, or um, anyone who is in a marginalized identity, people of the global majority, um, all of those things, all of the things that, you know, different people experience as being potentially part of a marginalized identity or someone who is, whose identity is politicized. I really enjoy kind of taking things and turning them on their head. Like um one of the other videos on my on my Vimeo and on my website is this um project I did called A Letter to America from a parallel universe, I think is what I titled mm-hmm. it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And <laughs> that was a really fun video to make. Um I it's it's like a performance propaganda film or <laughs> propaganda video is kind of how I look at it. Um And I'm kind of writing it as, like, I'm an alien um, or an android of some sort, maybe, writing a letter to the United States, someone who's living in another country, but also as the interplanetary extraordinary. Um, And that also came to me in a night. That was kind of, like, it was amazing the way it flowed out, because I was... It was actually came in the same workshop I was talking about earlier. It was another one of the assignments. And I sort of actually merged two of the... We had a choice between assignments. I decided I was going to merge them. (laughs) I like to be ridiculously ambitious or just like, I don't put things together in that way.
3: Mm -hmm. So that
1: idea also came to me in like a night and I just wrote it all out. And then I recorded the video either the next day or the day after that and gave myself a little... Um, teleprompter <laughs> nice. and I'm like how am I going to read this teleprompter without obviously reading the teleprompter oh put on your um your sunglasses that look like pixels <laughs> and like nice. it's like giving yeah, like yeah. a queer queer men in black vibe was kind yes, of yes, I... yes 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 <laughs> yes so yeah that was a really fun video to make and just kind of like
0: instead of men in black, black it's queer and black
1: Queer and black, exactly. <laughs> Queers and black, um, yes. <laughs> which is basically my aesthetic a lot of the time. Also black and white. It's like, what is the best thing I could wear for like green screen? Black and white.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you'd gone um, with
0: Chartreuse lipstick, it would have matched your manifesto.
1: I know. Yeah, I do actually have some Chartreuse, <laughs> have chartreuse lipstick. I probably oh need to get God. a new one though. I think I've had it for too long. <laughs> it's probably dry now. I <laughs> have worn incredible. it in a while
0: it didn't even occur to me that you would actually have that that's so funny
1: indeed i have all the colors to match all
0: of the things. for pride do you do like rainbow lips and rainbow eyebrows
1: i don't generally do rainbow um nothing against thing. rainbow <laughs> i love rainbow and occasionally i kind of like do a little rainbowy rainbow-esque hologram it, you know it gives you rainbow so hologram is maybe as close as I get to doing, like, a full-on rainbow. What I like to do, I just like to do, like, colors. Like a monochrome sort of, like, blue and blue or, um, or colors that contrast. Like, I, one pride, I did my face. I like to do also, like, these angular things. So I'll do, like, a triangle shape on my face or, like, different, different geometric shapes. Um, this yeah, one pride, I also helps I did you,
0: like, dodge face recognition stuff
1: i'm like if i really need to yeah definitely (laughs) um yeah i did this one look for pride where i did like a blue face but like i made it iridescent blue so it kind of had the shimmer to it and then i did the green i'm gonna say i did the green lip um yeah i like to do you know like pops of contrast things like that and then like a lot of metallic
0: yeah that's awesome Bringing in the Android metallicness, exactly. So fun! I had to put my now sunglasses got, now on. Now you
1: have sunglasses. <laughs> oh, I should have gotten some sunglasses. I don't think I have any just, nearby. I'm
0: just feeling a little light sensitive today, so here we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great.
0: Let's do it. it is rainbow, so they're stylish while being sensitive. Cute. Um, so you've talked a bit about your letter from a parallel universe, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you can share more about crossovers or your explorations with like the concept of a parallel universe and Mm -hmm. with being gender non-conforming or non-binary. Like, it seems like there's a lot of this sort of like sideways, like, no, I'm not that, I'm over here now kind of thing going on. And yeah, I'm I'm wondering if there's any more you want to say about that specifically, that sort of sidesteppy, like, no, thanks, I'm over here.
1: Pretty much, yeah, it's that. No thanks, <laughs> never here. Uh, um, yeah, let's see. Um, I, yeah, I feel like one of the things that makes, especially like the the whole concept of Afrofuturism and how I like to use it is, yeah, to imagine a different future and also to imagine this parallel universe, this parallel future where gender isn't you know it's accepted and normal and real for what people to be whatever they are whoever they are however they are um and i think like when i see a lot of afrofuturist artists like of course you know i don't always know their their political stances deeply some of them but it feels to me like a very gender expansive type of space because they're breaking a lot of the norms of, you know, what you should wear and what's considered, Mm -hmm. you know, fashionable and what's considered trendy. Or, you know, there I watched a video recently, um, I can't remember when the video was actually documented, but it was a video with George Clinton and some other Afrofuturist musicians. Mm. And he had this whole like, face thing on this like face fringe situation and this big long jacket and just like stuff that like, you know, is not, to me, it's gender expansive, even though he probably doesn't identify as a gender expansive person.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there is so much space in there for expression. And in my experience, like it's just very a very accepting space of, of different what's different and what's it's ex- being explored and finding where you fit into that finding what your identity is finding how you want to you know do things differently um so i yeah i feel like for me kind of creating these par- ideas of parallel universes it's like um yeah how do i sort of escape I don't know if I want to use the word escape, but kind of, I mean, how do I, how do, how do we escape from some of the the things that are put upon us in this like capitalist imperialist system? Mm -hmm. Um, And really the, the the most enjoyable way to do it for me is to, to just lean into creativity. Um, and is that going to change things immediately? No, not necessarily. But the more people that, you know, feel comfortable and see, you know, maybe someone like me or someone who is doing that, the more that they can maybe find what's in themselves to, to create that space for themselves.
0: So I have one more question for you. Um, how would you, Aquarius, define Afrofuturism?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,
0: Afrofuturism. <laughs> <Big question>.
1: <laughs> woo, woo.
0: <laughs> just, just a light and easy question before.
1: Simple. <laughs> All right. Basic. Um.
0: It's like defining yes. gender.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Almost. Um. Afro Afrofuturism to me is a no, it's an entire genre of, of creative expression, so film, books, movies, TV, um, writings, music, I don't know if I said that already, that really centers Black ideas and Black expression in a future context and imagines what you know the future would look like if black people were like really at the helm of that um it's a way to imagine a future that is not steeped in you know racism white supremacy capitalism imperialism colonialism um sexism gender all of that it's a way to imagine a future that you know some of it may be um you know very imaginative and out there not necessarily an actual thing that could be reality but a lot of it and a lot of what a a lot of afrofuturists are doing is actually you know there are real life applications for this there are real ways to like create futures using technology that don't play into you know the the current structure of this system and society as it is now where we're kind of going going over the edge yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it's a it's a way of creative thought and of like using technology and yeah creativity and technology ultimately to imagine imagine futures where black people are you know not subjugated and not having to endure race racial violence and racism all of this stuff yeah
0: there is this wonderful um tabletop role-playing game system that came out in the last year or two called coyote and crow and i would say it's maybe indigenous oh. futurism because mm-hmm. the way that, that the world is built is based on, you know, what if the colonization never happened? Mm-hmm. And what if indigenous wisdom is what what is leading us forward as as peoples? And what does it look like for like indigenous people to have all of this like fancy tech and like you know, do all of those those pieces like um So yeah, I just I think I think that these um by imagining it and dreaming it, that's how we start to make it a reality.
1: Right. Yeah. I agree.
0: Um, I know I said we already had our last question, but I feel like I just want to tag one thing on as sort of a follow-up. Can you share about why you like to say happy Black Futures Month instead of Black History Month? Yeah. Like, I, I think people, I know the answer personally, yeah. but I want you to share it with everybody else because it's cool. And I multiple friends of color have been like, what is this black futures thing? You keep saying to me. It's like
3: it's great
1: (laughs) yeah well so you know there's always more that i need to learn and, and explore but black futures is really this idea of like yeah i mean black history is important it's super important um there's obviously mixed opinions on whether there should be a black history month even within the black Community, actually. But for me, celebrating Black futures and talking about Black futures is like, no, we need to be looking forward. And there's so many things that Black people are doing right now that are future facing and that really do imagine new futures. So, like, when I say that, it's like, what, you know, how do we honor the past while also looking ahead to create something that is going to be more equitable to create something that's going to really celebrate us in a way that you know sometimes these black histories things like they really be forgetting that they should have black people leading whatever they're doing and people will try to like you know honor black history but they're not, they're doing it from a lens that's, like, very limited and very, like, looking backward. So, you know, it's, of course, important to honor where we came from. And I like what you just talked about with the Indigenous futures concept. Because, beca- like, what if we were operating with that ancestral Indigenous wisdom instead of, what we're operating with or what has been sort of the norm and so I think like black futures looking at black futures is like yeah how do we take what what our ancestors have done and weave it into the story for the next generation
0: that is wonderful what you just shared and I thank you for that all right so Aquarius, who and what are the influences that inspired you to create? So you've mentioned um, Prince and Grace Jones, and I don't know if there are additional influences or if you'd like to talk about them some more, but.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Tell us about
1: um, it. So Prince and Grace Jones, just as a, a side note, I always tell people if they got together and had a, had a baby, it would be me. I'm the yeah. performance love child of Prince and Christ <laughs> But yeah, besides that, I'm incredibly inspired by Black musicians in general. Um, Janelle Monet is a person mm. I'm incredibly inspired by. Janelle Monet
0: is fantastic.
1: Right. I mean, just. I, I wanted to be them for a while. <laughs> I was like, can I be you? Um, I hope one day maybe I get to go to to a show because that has not happened yet. Uh, Josephine Baker, you know, icon. I think, of course, my mind goes blank with specific name. Oh, Sylvester is another huge influence for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just such a vibrant human being that's what i want uh, on tattooed in my other arm so i have like kind of symmetry of face here face here yes Um, wonderful (laughs) that one's coming i am incredibly inspired by a lot of my friends who are artists um just even you know people who are doing different things than me work in different mediums um just spending time around my creative friends helps me feel more creative and more excited about my own projects like collaboration mm-hmm. is a huge huge motivator and huge thing that like keeps me excited about performance I love to do my own stuff like so many of those things that I've done on my uh, uh, videos and some of my more recent photography work is self-portraiture and I've like to produce my own videos from start to finish of doing the characters doing the um, makeup costuming doing the actual recording of myself and then doing the editing as well um but yeah um also mentioned him earlier Guillermo Guillermo Gomez Peña from La Pocha Nostra and also his wife Bellatronica they're like huge creative influences for me and kind of the whole troupe, La Pocha Nostra Definitely worth checking out. They're very radical, very radical performance art troupe that has like really affirmed me in being this sort of weird, radical, strange, experimental artist who kind of doesn't, has always felt like at least that I don't fit into any particular space. I fit into their little microcosm, their little mini verse, microverse. In my school, in my, I'm just influences, it doesn't have to be people exactly um just you know nature being outside the world water the ocean color flowers really i find inspiration and, and things that influence me to create i can find them almost anywhere i think um like i love going to the flea markets here that they call them tiangis the tiangis You go and you just see all of this stuff, all of this, like, really interesting stuff, colorful stuff. Um, And I'm always inspired by, like, sort of seemingly random objects. I always get ideas to create, like, different costumes or characters or performance concepts based on, like, these very sort of basic items basic objects um found objects um i'm very influenced by trash (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) trash (laughs) i did a trash performance very recently where i um i hate throwing things away that are not like you know things that you have to throw away like you know packaging and Things that are made of plastic, like all of this stuff that kind of comes when you buy a thing and you're like, what What do I do with this? Like, this isn't really trash. So I'll save it either as like, oh, I'm, I could use this as like a material to create something. So like, you know, if I need to create a template for something, I can use this piece of plastic to cut out the shape I need. But also I just have this, all of this stuff like that like foam whatever plastic bags that I'm like I can't bear to throw away so I'm I'm very influenced by this like what can I how can I use trash um both as material for creating things and in a performance I used it I did a performance where I was like kind of taxonomized the trash I organized it into like what type of material it was and then i had this big you know those like suits the kind of painting white suits um that they wear if they're doing airbrushing and things like that i had a suit like that and then at the end of the performance i was putting all of the trash into the suit it was very interesting i'm going to try to like do it again and document it a little bit better but anyway i'm influenced by a lot of different things there's this one idea i have like to kind of there's all this whistleblowing happening, and I want to like create this image that just there's like a million whistles coming out of my mouth. I I don't know. There's just so many. There's endless influences out there. I think for me anyway.
0: I love that. I love that there's so much to to pull from and benefit from. So how can performance be a tool for self discovery for queer and trans people? I, I know on the show, so like my whole thing started as a tabletop channel, like two and a half years ago. And so I've had multiple guests on to talk about how tabletop role-playing games let people sort of try on genders and identities and all sorts of things before like claiming it personally for oneself. And sometimes people don't realize that's what they're doing. So I'm, I'm curious how the type of performance that you do could maybe be used in a similar way for exploring self-discovery.
1: For me, I've been able to both on the, you know, the more like cabaret type performance and experimental performance, create and explore different personas Mm -hmm. Um, that sometimes might be a little bit more out there than like the everyday sort of persona I, I embody. But you have this creative license to be whoever you want to be at any moment. And normal everyday life doesn't necessarily allow you to do that without some sort of like you know, I don't um, come back to reality type of moment. And the reality is like, oh, well, yeah, cool. I guess I have to kind of be somewhat in this this collective, you know, dream that we're all living in together um i have to fit into some level of of that to exist
3: Mm -hmm. but
1: when in performance and especially i mean i i've really gotten to explore this um of course on my own but especially in collaboration with other artists in these in different workshops and performances i've done where We get to create our own microcosm of reality Mm -hmm. for those days that we're together. Um, and you start to see some of the similarities and the differences, and also there's there's this way that um the work that we do together that perform the exercises and and um Things that we do in the workshops will kind of expose the absurdity of the reality, like the the reality that we all live in now, and we get to live in this other reality that we create in that time together. That really just honors whatever and whoever and however we are showing up. Um, so I. I get to, a lot of the performance work that I do, um, is very, it's just, it's body oriented. So it's about listening to the body and what the body is telling you. And there's mm-hmm. not necessarily a lot of conversation, especially in the, the workshops that I do a lot. Um, it's like, you're really listening to your own body and you're, um, partner and what their body is expressing to your body and you get to really be in a different place of of knowing and understanding and there's full autonomy um there's a concept called radical tenderness that Mm. is used in um a lot of the spaces i work in with other performance artists I'm not sure that it was necessarily specifically coined by La Pocha Nostra, but they use this concept in their workshops when I work with them. And it's, it's, you know, it's about consent. It's about checking in with the person. Um, It's about really inviting in a level of kindness towards others that you would offer to yourself. And I kind of always try to operate in that way um with myself and any in any collaboration just yeah radical tenderness um and it's also something I try to then bring into you know day-to-day life because sometimes you know when people are not nice or not happy or not treating you right it's like they need radical tenderness too I guess all of that to say like with experimental performance especially I've just been able to show up exactly how I want to show up in that moment, create whatever persona I want to create, try an idea, try something like try, you know, binding my chest or try like, you know, wearing a different piece of clothing than I've worn before or creating some different look than I've done before. Mm -hmm. And then that will translate into something I can take back into my life and help me like feel into parts of my identity that maybe I I, I didn't feel capable or able to do in a day-to-day situation.
0: Yeah, um, Chad is getting really excited about radical tenderness.
1: <laughs> I love that. Let me look at yeah. the chat. Radical um, tenderness.
0: And some while you're pulling that up, something that. When I'm listening to you talk about, you know, kind of showing up and making this microcosm and you have these experiences together, um, it reminds me of when I was a a partner dancer more regularly Mm. and how some of my favorite dances were with people who were also like fairly skilled at dance, right? Like dancing with newbies is also fun in its own way, but there's this special thing that can happen when both of you are really experienced and you kind of know what's up. And, like, we were able to go off script. We were able to go beyond moves that have been taught in classes and find other ways of connecting and moving using, like, very, very core concepts of, like, connection and, like, how much pressure do you have? How do you communicate with your bodies um, about where you're trying to move and what you're trying to do? And um, we would trade lead and follow back and forth because that was sort of the the realm that I wiggled in was, like, um, You know gender neutral partner dance where you trade lead and follow back and forth it's not you know locked into the binary and locked into certain people do certain things overall or even over the course of one dance and um it was really powerful to be in this like like it was almost like we could have call and response in different parts of our bodies at the same time like maybe maybe my arm was leading us this way but then that uh, my dance partner's feet were leading us this other way so i was listening and speaking at the same time and like we would flow and move together in these really beautiful ways that are so hard to put into words um and like from the outside people maybe didn't realize that what was happening so it was a really it was a performance for just us like it was like this like sacred private experience that only two people in the world knew about you know in that moment um yeah it's that. I don't know. It was really cool. So I love, I love what you're saying about um, the ways that you all get to explore in your performances as well. It just reminded me of those experiences.
1: I love that. Yeah, a lot of it kind of ends up being this almost this form of you know partner dance in a way. Like the the way mm. that some of the exercises flow. Yeah, there's a language that's created that really only you and your partner know. And it becomes, yeah, almost like a sacred sort of discussion between two people without, you know, words. It's cool.
0: Chad is sort of saying collectively that they all love the idea of moving through the world with radical tenderness.
1: I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely something, you know, I encourage people to do their own research and reading on it and see what else you can find. Um, And also define it for yourself.
0: You know, I can say for me, I try to remember that when I'm interacting with someone, I'm not only getting that person and, and who they present out to the world, right? I'm not getting the mask that they wear in society only. I'm also getting the conversation they had with their partner that morning, their blood sugar level. Um, how much chronic pain they may be experiencing in that moment. If they're in a hurry because there's some external pressure to be somewhere at a certain time, like all of these other stressors and components
3: right.
0: um, feed into how someone might be showing up in those moments. And so like assuming positive intent and and doing my best to be understanding and gentle with people, even if I'm noticing I'm frustrated in myself, like my frustration is not their problem, actually. Like, my frustration is a me problem that I get to work on myself. Like, like, oh, I had some expectations that are, you know, that this would go a certain way. That's that's on me, um, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's important to find those ways to be kind with each other, especially because so much of our experience of working or being or playing um, can be wrapped up in, like, the toxic communication habits and behaviors of folks like there I can't tell you how many people have like work trauma from bad bosses right and so then you go to collaborate and every, and all their work trauma starts flaring and it's like oh okay so that's something to sort of navigate is like being accepting that people people are going to show up and have those things going on and not everyone has either the opportunity or taking the time to do that internal work um, to kind of heal and address that trauma and maybe separate the past from the current and realize like oh just because this boss or this lover or this friend was harmful to me in these ways in the past doesn't mean this new person is also the same
3: um yeah i don't know
0: but um yeah i appreciate what you're sharing about radical tenderness um, we do have a question from the chat. Mirami is wondering to jump back one question. Um, you mentioned documentation. Mirami Me finds documentation of any art that Mir makes to be very difficult to stay on top of. Do you have any suggestions for doing better documentation?,
1: <laughs> um, do I have any suggestions? It's definitely difficult um, to get all of it., um, I think because I am like kind of technically inclined um, and I have a decent camera and et cetera, et cetera. Like I, I definitely tend to like to do a lot of stuff myself, but what I've also found is really helpful is like having a partner, having a core collaborator type of person who does maybe things that you don't do so maybe he does photography videography whatever I don't necessarily have that person right now and so it has been difficult like I actually have a ton of stuff that I just have captured and not edited or ideas that I'm like oh I want to capture this and I don't know how or like I've done performances where you know it's just lost the ephemeral <laughs> spirits I think what's worked for me is just kind of trying to broaden my network of people who do any kind of documentation work, videography, photography, et cetera. And then, yeah, sometimes you have to throw some money at it. Um, Just sometimes easier said than done. Sometimes it's a matter of just like kind of. I know I've had like hang-ups or or felt like I've had um, gaps in knowledge, I guess, of how to do certain things, especially with photography, that I've just had to be like, well, I'm pushing past it and I'm going to figure this out one way or another. And at least it's a learning experience, even if it doesn't come out perfectly. I have been very fortunate to work with a lot of photographers in the past. Um... It was definitely a little bit difficult in the last three or four years because of the pandemic and kind of being a little bit far away from a lot of my previous collaborators. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like learning about whatever equipment you have, if it's a smartphone, like, you know, follow someone who talks about different smartphone techniques. And even if you don't use them all, you'll find something maybe that feels resonant for you if you're doing self-documentation. Yeah, it's definitely a a thing that I have not mastered, I would say. Um, It's hard. It's tricky. It's it's tricky. If you don't have sort of a collective or partner, sometimes it's very tricky.
0: Mir is saying in the chat, oh yeah, gaps in knowledge is a big thing. It is indeed very tricky.
1: Yeah. I mean, gaps in knowledge and like, you know, equipment there's so so much equipment I would love to have that would make things so much easier, or maybe I just think they would make things so much easier. Maybe it would make it more complicated. I don't know. Um, But I just try to do the best with what I've got and like create systems for myself to some extent. I'm trying to get better at creating systems for my own creative life that Mm. I uh, repurpose from my work life. Notion is a tool that I use but it's a project management tool where you can really customize it to what you need, and there's a ton of really great templates you can find that will kind of help you uh organize um, yeah, I'm seeing the chat, yeah, forgetful brain. I'm very absent minded in a lot of ways, like be like, yeah, I'm gonna do that thing. you know, just literally this is my this is my notebook I've started to go back to having all oh, digital my my digital sort of project management stuff in notion and then keeping track of the day-to-day in this notebook and I'm using it like a bullet journal anyone is familiar with bullet journaling um I kind of just you know it's just keeping track of you know your to-dos essentially um with a system that is pretty simple and then yeah um, kind of tracking larger workflows. I move that into my project management system. So, yeah, any stuff like that, like people want to reach out and ask me more questions, feel free. I cool. try to, I think to help I people as much the, as possible.
0: I think you're in the Discord server, right? I am in the Discord to server. Discord DMs.
1: People can definitely DM me on Discord.
0: All right. So, folks, if you go to discord.gg, slash meowster that's the discord server for this entire podcast community twitch stream community etc youtube community all of it and uh, aquarius funk is in the server you can add aquarius if you would like
1: you can i am there
0: it's very cool aquarius even answers discord dms it's happened it's real
1: <laughs> i do i won't say i'm on top of it as much as other platforms but I will definitely get back to you there.
0: That's okay. I, I think if someone's like hearing an offer of free help on a podcast, they should not expect immediate free help.
3: <laughs>
1: True.
0: You can be radically tender with your time needs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Aquarius, what is your favorite performance memory? Ooh.
1: Or you can pick more than
0: one if one is too hard. My oh,
1: goodness. Um, let's see. Favorite performance Memory. Sometimes that's many things mixed into one. Let's say, probably one of my favorite performance memories. It's kind of like a medley of performance memories, but I, up until the pandemic, I basically would go back to, um, uh, yeah, I would go back to Maine, to Portland, and perform in like different pride events. So be able to go, you know, home, (laughs) quote unquote home, being able to go home and have people really appreciate my work and like know who I am, even though I didn't, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like when I left in the beginning, when I moved from Maine, I was like, my my performance career can't go any farther here. Blah blah blah, and like no one no one cares. That kind of like sort of self defeating. Um, all of that kind of silly thoughts, all of those silly thoughts. Um, that kind of you know permeate your brain. You're having imposter syndrome, but when I go back and perform in Maine, like I feel really appreciated, and. I've gotten to perform for some pretty good sized audiences and like venues and pride festival events when I go home and like it's just very um affirming, I would say. It it it's my friends there who are performance artists, um, you know, drag drag performers or other various types of performance, like they they definitely include me. Or they, you know, attempt to include me when they know I'm going to be coming down, back up that way. So, um, yeah. Those, that that amalgamation of memories are very positive for me. Um, kind of being able to see the new, young, queer generation as well. Sometimes I feel like, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not 20-something anymore. <laughs> those those are the 20 something kids like that's what that's what the young queer generation looks like now like there's the you know the kids under 18 here i am being able to like i don't know if i'm a positive role model but uh (laughs) here i am getting to you know share my art with people who hopefully are inspired by it ultimately
0: you're just you're just gonna be the grace jones for those (laughs) queer kids hopefully it's a a, and prince right it's it's a legacy thing like i don't know it's i feel like when you're in it it's hard to see the ways that we can be an inspiration or like a role model for people younger than us or less experienced than we are because because Every day, you and I get to live with our imposter syndrome or whatever else, right? Like, we get to live with our own realities. And it's like, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you know, we don't, we don't, we don't experience ourselves the way that others experience us for better and for worse. And so, like, you know, the people that we look up to it's sometimes for me, at least it's hard to imagine others looking at us the way that I look up to other people, but those Mm. people exist. Like, absolutely. People look up to us because we're making things and people are like, well, I want to be able to make things like that someday.
1: Right.
0: You know? And so we get to, we get to do it bravely and imperfectly and the best of our ability. And, um, us doing it at all gives permission for those coming behind us to do it too i feel that yeah
1: yeah i definitely am sort of missing my i don't know missing my community from maine and like wanting to kind of see how folks are doing because it has been a space where i have definitely been able to i guess yeah have that experience and and feel like um, it's not like all just sort of going, you know, going nowhere. <laughs> um, it's, it's been difficult, I guess, during the span of the last four years, um, a majority of which was pandemic to feel connected to audiences and, and people in that way. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: it is it is well and one thing that you know listeners of this show and anyone else could do is when you see performers performing find a way to tell them what a great job they did like even if it's a dollar or five or a comment somewhere or an email like you know i can't i can't explain how helpful it is to hear that whatever this creative screaming into the void that we both do (laughs) is actually heard and received, especially when it's digital, when it's through the screen and I can't like see the audience, right? Like at least when it was performing live, you could hear the audience's reactions. You could see their faces sitting in the chair. And now that it's like, not always, but often can be on the computer or asynchronous. It's so hard to hear those reactions. And um, I don't know it's part of the energy that helps me keep going is knowing that what I'm doing is making a difference in anyone else's life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and like the affirming words really help the money so that I can keep paying the overhead so that the projects continue super helps (laughs) and it helps you with your projects in that way too, you know, like, right. Yeah, do, yeah. You have, do you have a way for folks to drop subscriptions if they want to, like on your website or anything?
1: Um, I, on my link that's been shared in the chat, I believe I have, yeah, my Cash App is on there. Um, I'm kind of working on what I want to do to be able to like, you know, provide some sort of maybe... I, I mean, I have a Patreon, but I haven't used it in a long time, and I need to revisit it. Really, if I'm mm-hmm. going to use it, change it around. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cash App is the way that you can monetarily support me at this moment. Um, yeah, we can we can like, fund your
0: your uh, Chartreuse lipstick purchase.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes, I can buy I can buy more lipstick.
0: <laughs> more queer with Chartreuse lipstick in the world, please. <laughs> I would
1: like more of that. Um yeah. Right now, like what I'm working on and what feels very alive for me right now is really launching the fashion line that I wanted to launch for a few years now. So, I'm really devoting my time and energy to that this year. Um there's kind of some things moving around with like my work life and so I can make the space for really moving in the direction of um not letting my ideas just be ideas yeah making the ideas truly a reality it's like i've done it in certain scales mostly a smaller scale um with you know the content i've created the art i've created uh, um live performances but I want to be able to share something that is a piece of me that, you know, people can actually really wear and engage with and interact with and feel connected to.
3: Um,
1: and I've done a little bit in the past, like making pieces that I've, I've had the opportunity for other people to wear, to buy or have. Um, and now I really want to take it to, to a more consistent level and have that kind of be The thing that I'm doing and in that like I want to create more fashion films performance fashion films like using the skills I already have and the knowledge I have from being a model for so long um to do something that really highlights accentuates celebrates queer people black people you know people of color people who are kind of you know the outliers or the the people who are not necessarily represented in mainstream culture Mm -hmm. or in the fashion industry and it's nice to see that there are so many queer brands you know coming about and you know gender neutral fashion I think you know there's a lot of room for other voices and other expressions and I will say a lot of the gender neutral fashion I see is like a little boring. It'll be like beige and you're like, "Why a beige though. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is we need like Afro futurist, gender non-conforming, like punk fashion.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It's very, you know, I I won't say I've considered myself like a punk in the sense of like the genre of music, but it is very punk. Like yeah. it is very rebellious. It's very Maybe punk
0: but not punk rock.
1: <laughs> I guess, yeah, totally. Like <laughs> you No, know, it's it's definitely out there. It's definitely not, you know, not the uh, palatable the 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 easy to digest, I would say. It's definitely something yeah. a little bit more um uh, boundary pushing.
3: Yeah for me. Well
0: and I can tell you as a person with a both fat and gender diverse body it's hard to find clothes that fit my form and my gender identity because like men's and women's clothes don't fit a body that's mid-transition and (laughs) I also don't want to just wear something that's like super baggy because that's the only thing that works out you know like I would love a tailored thing that looks great on me and short of um commissioning wonderful like disabled trans seamstresses that I know, which is still on my to-do list once the cash flow is there, you know, um, I don't know how to get access to that kind of clothing that, you know, expresses gender and fits the body. So I think there's there's definitely an ongoing need for that sort of piece to be in the world. Um, I do know that there are some people, as you were talking about working on either agender clothing or gender nonconforming sort of gender the answer is no <laughs> no gender at all clothing um
1: clothing does yeah. not have a gender
0: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and how many of those businesses are owned by you know black indigenous people of color right. trans people
1: right like, a small a smaller portion i would say i, I can't don't have tell the you exact if, numbers but
0: i can't tell you how many of these clothing brands seem like they're owned by white lesbians white cis lesbians and it's like
3: mm.
0: i'm not saying they're yeah. bad i'm just saying right. like let's get some more trans people making the clothes for the trans people please definitely <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. plus you know who doesn't love giving money to people of color i do <laughs>
1: <laughs> i do too i love i could you know, I, pay? I love receiving it. I love giving it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I take yeah. my money. It's great. <laughs> it's great.
0: It's always my dream to just pay my friends more money than they asked me for whenever they're helping me with a thing. Um, that
1: part too. Yeah.
0: Sometimes my that. wallet disagrees with me, but in my mind, that's always my goal.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: Sometimes the budget is just like two flies flying out of my wallet. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs>
3: That's definitely
0: a meme. That's definitely a, I love it. So my next question for you is sort of relating to the the legacy pieces that we were talking about a minute ago. What advice or experience can you share with people who want to explore performance and creative expression? If you Mm -hmm. were talking to those young queer performers in Maine, like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. what advice would you share with them?
1: Let's see. So I would tell them that for one, every, you know, every outlet or every way that you get to experience or learn about creativity is valid. Like, for example, I did not go to school for art. I did not go to school for performance. I have taken a lot of my real life experience as well as like knowing that I always wanted to be a performer when I was younger it was I I wanted to be a singer but that was uh but I would you know be doing these little things in my room like dance routines and all of this stuff and it it just you know it made sense and so I would say to young people and the thing is especially when you're young you're not as far removed from those times in your life where you're like yeah this is just what I like to do when i was a kid or what you know i had didn't have the pressures of the world what mm-hmm. is that what is the thing that you when you know time was not a thing when when you know you had less cares maybe in your life less responsibilities what was the thing that you were drawn to? What did you really want to do? What did you spend your time doing? And maybe it's not the same exact thing you want to be doing now, but there's, I'm guessing some essence of that, that is deeply true as far as, you know, how, how you want to express yourself. At least that's the case for me. And, you know, I'm not gonna pretend like I make a living doing performance and creative work, but it has influenced a lot of my other work and the things that I do to kind of make a living and who I get to show up as um, even in those those situations and I feel very fortunate because I don't have to work for you know a company that constricts my identity um, but I guess like how can you how can you show up as like the, you know, the version of yourself that existed before the things, you know, the world put things on you that aren't and what does that look like? And how can mm. you, you know, create a collective maybe of people who also want to explore those things? Um who around you do you feel like, you know, safe around that you could potentially um collaborate with or explore different ideas with or maybe that person is there's you no know, virtual communities you can join. um i really think it's important to have people around you that encourage what you're doing so if there are people around you that are not encouraging what you're doing get rid of those people immediately <laughs> i would say to young people Who are, you know, wanting to get into performance or even, you know, I really didn't get into it, into it, until I was in my 20s. And my path of getting into it was very um, non-traditional. Yeah, lean into that. Lean into where you're being led by your intuition, by the wisdom of your own body, of yourself. Lean into a spiritual practice that helps you ground into that part of yourself. Um, Look at, you know, the lineage of, of things maybe in your heritage, your family, or otherwise, your culture, that feel resonant and important to talk about. And and bring to the forefront and don't feel like it has to be perfect because it will not be it yeah. will never be um but doing it just like doing it is really more than half the battle yeah.
3: so potent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Um,
0: folks are folks are talking in the chat about things that they did as kids.
3: Ooh, look at that maybe
0: maybe delighted them or like made them feel the most special or sparkly. And Mirami says that Mir would look in tide pools and ponds for all the things that live there. And Mir, I actually remember in the last year or so you went on a walk and you went and visited the tide pools maybe with family members or something to go to go do some of that. I love the um the shall we call it uh what is it relentless compassion no what is it kindness Um, radical radical tenderness
3: yes Relentless compassion radical tenderness
0: um i feel like there's there's something to be there's some radical tenderness in tending the inner children like that
1: exactly yeah
0: like compassion for one's inner selves and younger selves um which is just beautiful
1: Yeah, I mean, radical tenderness is just as important to offer to yourself as to others. Says, even I, just more always,
0: important. I just always want to know what's around, and it does work its way into my creative work. Yeah, so like getting out and looking at nature, um, right. there's, like a, there's a way that that informs the creative work. I love it. Aquarius, is there anything that we missed about performance art and creative expression that you'd like to make sure that you get a chance to say today?
1: I can't think of anything specific. I feel like I really, yeah, I feel, I feel like I shared a lot of things that feel very um, alive and present for me. And Wonderful. maybe the only other thing I would say is like, I definitely encourage everyone to try performance art at some point mm. or another like you don't have to be performance art really the only rules of performance art are having a body <laughs> uh using the body to you know create some kind of dynamic relationship with your audience and using time whatever amount of time you want to use the but, but that's my iteration of it. Um, you know, there's obviously different different practices and different performance pedagogy that different artists use. Um, again, feel free to hit me up if you want, you know, other info um, or things, you know, that you can explore. Does one find
0: an audience, do your cats count?
1: How does one find an audience? Uh, that is... <laughs> I, sometimes i don't know the answer to that question
3: that's this fair. <laughs> is often
1: one of the reasons why i enjoy collaboration because you get these different audiences from the different people you're collaborating yeah um yeah
0: yeah that's what we're doing right now
1: exactly <laughs> so basically long story sh- long story short anyone can be a performance
3: artist
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that um okay, I have two questions that I like to ask my guests sort of at the end of the interview because it's fun. Um, so can you share an experience with gender euphoria
1: I can I think I can anyway. Um, it's sort of an interesting experience, I guess that is a thing that happens to me in Mexico quite a bit and i I take it as like gender euphoria I, I, Maybe it wouldn't feel that way to other folks, and I'm conscious of that, but um, depending on where I am, how I'm dressed, whatever, like, I will constantly kind of get called different Mexican, Spanish words, I mean, for, uh, for boy. (laughs) So, like, um... It's kind of funny because to me it's like at least they see that part of me. Oh, I moved my screen, sorry. Uh boop. um it it's affirming because it's like, okay. They do that like whoever they are, they they see an aspect of me that like some people really don't shoot, see or choose not to see or intentionally. <laughs> like won't acknowledge. Um so honestly like it it always just kind of like makes me chuckle. Um in a good way. And then maybe the only other thing would just be like if people compare me to Grace Jones, I'm like thank you because honestly like she was, was extremely, you know, androgynous and very masculine presenting feminine person woman you know she she's a woman I believe she identifies as a woman but she was just like sort of and still is literally just posted a photo shoot that she did the other day she just has some new workout check it out um 74 years old and still is an icon for this like just very strong presence feminine and masculine presence um so yeah that's that's actually also gender affirming as <laughs> well. So.
0: yeah so my last question is what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary or trans issues if they only hear like 30 seconds of this two-hour interview what do you want to make sure people know about your opinions on gender
1: um my opinions on gender I think that all genders are valid all people know who they are and that is allowed to change um you're not confused you're not any of the things that people who don't understand try to put on you and gender gender expression gender identity For me, they are things that really have allowed me to find a new truth and a new place of grounding that I deeply appreciate and deeply love to share with people. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I think that was probably 30 seconds.
3: (laughs) Wonderful. That's wonderful.
0: Well, Aquarius, I'm so grateful you were here on the show today. Um, folks, Thank you for inviting me. Just so you know, in case you haven't picked up on it yet, Aquarius Funk is a non-binary Afro-futurist performance artist living in Mexico. They create live performances, videos, digital art, and wearable art. You can find out more at Aquarius Funk with two Ks, F-U-N-K-K dot norby n-o-r-b-y dot live um aquarius is also on instagram using the handle at aquarius funk again with the two k's at the end um aquarius would you like to ask your your clouder query of the audience for the week
1: oh yes let me um let me get there for you what's in the chat yes so I would love to know how do you use creativity to celebrate your gender expression? Nice. That you can. There are so many things you can answer with. It is literally infinite. It can be anything.
0: <laughs> it can be. Love that. Well, I look forward to hearing from our audience about that. Um, next week, we have Augie a.k.a. Mrs. Gendered on the show and I don't remember the official topic we selected but I will tell you there are definitely going to be um discussions about possums and raccoons and trans art that's hand-drawn and lots of giggling and maybe vtubers so (laughs) so that's next week's topic um yeah for community updates I don't know what to say. So I'll I'll share the Twitch updates after the outro. Thank you again um, for being here, Aquarius. This has been such a wonderful time to share together. And um please give all of your cats uh the clouders best.
1: <laughs> I will. They will get they will get a hug and a squeeze and a
0: <laughs> excellent. Yay.
1: From all of awesome. y'all.
0: Thanks, everybody. Genderful would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. If you'd like to catch us live, join us on Mondays at twitch.tv forward slash Gendermaster. Show notes will appear in the edited version of the show on Fridays on both YouTube and podcasting platforms.
2: If you have a question you would like the host to answer or are gender diverse and would like to request an interview, please send an email to genderfulpodcast at gmail.com or sign up via the website at genderfulpodcast.com.
0: As a gender-diverse community, The Clatter wants to assure our listeners that we are prepared to moderate our spaces. We will get positive and negative feedback on these shows and topics, and we have a moderation team on our channels, socials, and Discord server ready to deal with this. Please join our Discord
2: server at discord.gg forward slash to meet the community and get a regular digest of solidarity resources. You can also support us with subscriptions on Patreon, following and reviewing us on your favorite podcasting platform are engaging with our posts and content on social media
0: at genderful pod and at gender If you can take a few moments to also rate the show we will post any five-star reviews on our socials so get creative mention a special interest of your own a project you're working on or even say hi to your comfort person in your review what power this show is made
2: possible by volunteers, tips, and subscriptions. Shout out to the folks helping us coordinate guests, edit the podcast, moderate the live chat, and post on
0: our socials. Artist's credit for Genderful. Genderful's theme song is called Hope by Free Range Megs, aka Soma. The Gender Measter logo was designed by That's Barnaby and edited with consent by Transcription. Jenniferful's Genderful's pre-show is wrangled by Juice Text. Genderful is edited and mixed by Trans Griffin and Alexis Vandem. Genderful's social media is managed by queer to help Genderful is hosted by Atlas O. Phoenix and Gender Mouster. Genderful is the intellectual property of Gender Mouster. All rights reserved.
2: Trans, Trans rights, rights are human rights. human
0: rights. That's, That's right. right.